Welcome back, episode number two, the MLW Whiffle Talk podcast. I am your host, Lucas. Today, a big day for MLW as we get the second series of the year out on YouTube. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the MLW Wiffleball League. Check them out on YouTube at MLW Wiffleball. Same thing on Instagram, MLW Wiffleball. Anyway, it was Magic Mallards. It was those two teams facing off today. And spoiler alert if you haven't seen this, so please watch the series before listening to this podcast. Otherwise, you will be spoiled on the series. So... Go watch that now, come back. If you've already seen it, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to remind you that the Magic took the first game, Mallards took the next two. So, that puts the standings as the Predators at the top of the American League and the Magic at the bottom of the American League with the Wildcats and Cobras not playing yet. And in the National League, we have the Eagles at the at the bottom and the Mount at the top. Now, we're going to talk about, in this podcast, I want to talk about, I want to discuss my thoughts on the series. I want to introduce a new segment. Um, I'm also going to talk about the rookies that we saw today. And we'll probably end with the updated power rankings of mine. So... Hang in there, and I'm just so glad that you could join me for pod number two. Let's get into it. So, to start off pod number two, we are going to discuss my thoughts on the series that we all just witnessed, Magic Mallard's. And we'll start with the Magic. Didn't get to talk a lot about the Magic in my last pod. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, go check out that first episode. We discuss everything about the first series of the league, my pod rankings, the rookies, good stuff. So, this team consists of Jack Agner, Kyle Hook, Cameron Beaton, Joey Flynn, Jason Chadwick, and Mitch Montagno. Now, it was confirmed in the, in the YouTube video that Kyle Hook and Cameron Beaton probably will not play much this year. Possibly one or two series. They both have internships, so they have their own life outside of wiffle ball, which is completely understandable. So they they won't be able to make make every series. So right away, Jack Agner's put an advantage here as last year he's the expansion team coming in with little or really no resources. And now this year Two of his best resources and players are kind of out the window right away. So, mad respect for the way that he was able to compete with his team. And kind of, I mean, he's put together a really good team right away here. So, Jack Agner, 1 for 16 at the plate. I mean, it's think about what you want. I'm sure he's rusty. I mean, I guarantee he's not as best. But... That's to be understandable. I think they looked really well against a team that that is gonna be that's in the upper echelon of of teams in this league. And Joey Flynn played phenomenal defense. 
just routine fly balls, all of it's caught. Joy Flynn played amazing. Um, hitting for Joey didn't stand out entirely, but I think overall he played a good game. Uh, uh, and then Jason Chadwick. Chadwick is the guy that I really want was impressed with in this one because I thought as a rookie coming in, didn't know much about him, and now I see this game and I go, "Wow, wow, this guy, this guy's not bad." <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just put it like that. I mean, two home runs, pitched really, really well. I'm impressed. I'll just put it at that. He's got my vote. And I I don't know if I don't know if he'll fall off later in the year, but I think he's going to play really really well. Uh so Jack Agner's found found a diamond in the rough there. Uh Chad Chad was taken with a fourth overall pick. And no surprise there, to be honest. Oof. Um. I, uh, I guess there's not a lot to it. Mitch Montagno. Nothing, nothing special, I guess. There, I didn't see anything crazy out of him. So I think he's just kind of one of those role players again, and I think he's going to do well in his role. I think Jack's found the perfect guy to complement him and. And now, uh, uh, Chadwick, I think he's found the perfect guy to to compliment them right there. So, props to Jack for putting together a solid team to start the year. I'm excited to see where where they go. So, I guess we'll change gears here. Change gears to the Mallards. Now, the Mallards, I think... Whew, I don't really... I don't know about the Mallards right now. I think their two spot, I think, is very, very up in the air. I think when it came to pitching for the Magic, I think Beaton, excuse me, Chadwick, Chadwick played phenomenal. His pitching was much better than I figured it would be. Agner he showed he ha- he could pitch, but I don't know if he can do it at a high level consistently. So I think that spot, I don't know if it's up in the air, but I definitely think that you can mess around with that just a little bit. I think the Gators are a perfect team to mess around with that on. You may even pitch three different guys in those three games, but I guess if I look at the schedule here, I'll have to see if I if they play them. But uh, Midwest or Metro Magic, I don't know if they're going to... I don't think they'll play them. No, they're not going to play the Gators. So, that's out the window. (laughs) But the Mallards two spot is where I'm most worried about them. Because when we look at this lineup of Tommy Coughlin, Noah Dabrico, Johnny Bean, Steve McPeak, Trevor Bondman, Austin Ford, and Nate Lyles, I think that's a good roster. Especially when I look at Tommy Noah, Steve, and Johnny. Those Noah Dabrico, I mean Tommy Coglin and Noah Dabrico are affirmed, affirmed, very high, highly rated player in this league. So there's no, there's no way that I can say, okay, well, 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about those guys, I guess. We'll just put it at that. I'm not going to worry about Coughlin or Dabrico. Dabrico is a power hitter. He's a good defender. He can get on base for you can be clutch. Tommy, once again, he's going to get singles, doubles, and the occasional home run while pitching pitching three innings a game of shutout to few hit baseball. So, not worried about those two. I go down the list, Johnny Bean. Sadly, we didn't get to see Johnny Bean today. I was excited to see what he could bring to the table. Didn't see him today. Last year, I thought he had an okay showing. So, I was wondering, wondering how it would go this year. Sadly, didn't get to see him. So, hopefully, we can still see him next series or plenty this this year at least. Um, Steve McPeak. McPeak played some good defense. I think the hitting... The hitting didn't necessarily stand out to me, but I think he played well on defense, complimented Tommy well. I think he's just like Mitch Montagno on the Magic here, where they're just two players that they're good players, but they're just not going to stand out on on their teams. So I guess we'll see if he can if he'll if he'll shine if he'll continue to to stay the same kind of as that role player if he'll. If he'll shine, shine brighter as the season moves on, or if he'll falter later in the season. So, hopefully that's not the case. But personally, I thought he didn't look bad. Uh, Austin Ford and Nate Lyles didn't get to see them in this series either. Hopefully, we'll get to see them later than in the series in the season. And Trevor Bonman, Bowman, Bonman, Bonham, Trevor Bonham. There it is. Taken with the fifth overall pick was the guy that I have the most to say about. <laughs> now, take the... Maybe it's bad, maybe it's good. I'll just tell you right now, it's not great. It's not great, what I, what I have to say about him. Uh, coming in, he definitely looked tiny out there. Not that I means baseball. You don't need a ton of size, but... I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to hit for power, necessarily. So, I mean, that's off the table, I think. Like is hitting. I don't know if he got a hit. Can't say he did. So it's another one of those things where it's like uh, I don't know. It's just scary to think your fifth overall pick isn't getting you hits. So I mean, once again, maybe that can change throughout the year. Maybe as the year moves on, we can see this guy's doubles consistently getting on base. But now I just don't see him. Becoming the uh, the Noah Dabrico for this team, or the Steve McPeak, or even a Tommy Coughlin. God forbid he he has to leave or retires anytime soon. I know on the Pipe It Up podcast, which if you have not listened to, please check that out. Look up Pipe It Up podcast on wherever you get your podcast. The official podcast of MLW. Get to hear Drew Davis, Kyle Schultz, Brendan Russell. I mean, excuse me, not Brendan Russell. Uh, Ryan Cratch, all of them talking about talking about wiffle ball and their own lives. So go check that out right after you list, you're done listening to this. Anyway, they've mentioned that Noah Dabrico this could be retiring soon, and that puts Tommy in a difficult position because now he's got to find the guy that can not necessarily re- replace Noah, but can take that spot that can slide into that his role nicely or can find or find someone who can transition into a different role 
And Trevor Bonham, I just don't know if he's going to be able to be a guy that's going to stick in this league for for four, five, six, seven years. I mean, maybe I I can see him getting moved around the league a lot. But as of now, I just maybe it was jitters. I mean, first game, first first at bats, first pitchers, whatever. But personally, I just don't know if he's going to be a guy that will propel a team to the next level or even give them an advantage against someone else. When you looked at his pitching, I thought his pitching looked rough. He couldn't hit the zone a lot, walked a lot of guys in. He did get the win, so I can't I can't completely scrutinize that. So he did get the win, but I don't think it was convincing. I think his pitching looked shabby at best. And I think I think we can see more out of him. I think his fielding was rough. And I think part of that was jitters. A couple dropped fly fall, couple dropped fly balls, excuse me. Um so time will tell, once again. I mean I know that was the saying of the last podcast, but time will tell with this kid. He could could show up to could turn out to be a very, very prominent player this year or in future years to come. So right now if I've ranked the rookies if I ranked the rookies, I'd have to put so the ones that we've seen so far are Jason Chadwick, Trevor Bottom, and James Swanson. Personally, I gotta put Chadwick one, Swanson two, and Bonham three. So, with that, I'm going to move into the next segment, a new one that I wanna wanna implement here. I'm calling it lists. That's the name, lists. And I can only assume, imagine why you assume I'm calling it that. I'm basically just gonna make my own list. It'll be a top five of whatever the topic is. So as we get later into the year, top five could be top five hitters in the league this year, or top five pitchers, top five, top five bench bench players, top five two pitchers, whatever it is. Today, I want I'm gonna go top five captains in the league right now. So. I have my top three, but I'll start with the five position, and in fifth place, Drew Davis. Drew Davis has has built a really good Cobras team. Once again, piping a podcast, he gets scrutinized a lot for they bash him on the fact that he can't really doesn't really bring back the same team every year. This year, he brought back is a very similar team. Uh, he's known for making a lot of different moves, moving players, pieces, whatever, moving them around a, a ton, being very aggressive, and I can respect that. And he's built a top three team in the league. So I think right away, props to Drew Davis. He's my five spot. Moving on to the fourth spot, we're going to head over to the National League for the... <laughs> we're going to head over to the National League for... 
Tommy Coughlin. Tommy Coughlin was an OG in this league, of course, part of the two-man Wildcats team that won tons of championships. And Coughlin's built a really nice Mallards team once again. After leaving, uh, after leaving Kyle Schultz, starting his own team, he has built the Mallards from the ground up. And I think he's created a very good team, found a diamond in Noah Dabrico, made some great moves with John, with uh, finding Johnny Bean. And Steve Peak has been a good player for him throughout the years. So overall, I think he is my four, four manager. Even with what's ter- what could turn out to be a, a rough draft pick. And we're going to head back to the American League for my third best captain or manager, whatever you want to call it, at... Oof, this one, this one's probably the closest of all the of all the spots. This two and three spot. It could go either way. And I'm definitely thinking that the two spot is is gonna go to excuse me, the three spot is gonna go to Jack Agner. Jack Agner He has built this magic team just like just like Tommy from the ground up. Left the Predators, started his own team, and he is known for t- taking little or nothing and excelling with that. And that's what he did last year as the expansion team brought in this ragtag of guys with little w- experience, took him to the playoffs. Hit great, pitched okay for the limited amount that he did pitch. I think he knows how to work his way around around the, the league and He's seen a thing or two. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. And in the two spot. The two spot is where it could have gone either way with Jack Agner, but I had to give it to Alec Warda. Now, Warda has been in this league for a super long time, and he's had this team for forever. He never could figure out how, how to quite do it. And once he got Ryan Cratch, he was able to really... He had the foundation with him and Ryan. And he had Brandon Russell... And then he was able to get guys like Harlan Smith, and now his draft pick James Swanson, who I think could pan out to be turn out to be a pretty nice player. So Alec Warda, he just per- persevered, so he finds himself in, in the two spot. And now the number one best manager in my eyes. Once again, this is just my opinion. Please don't read into this too much. It's just my opinion. But the number one spot in my list, Kyle Schultz. I think we all saw this coming. Kyle's been in the league for years. Uh, won tons of championships with him and Tommy. And when it was time for him to really create his own team, once Tommy left, after some dry spells, he was able to come up. He came up, he came up swinging, let's just say that. And... He built an incredible team of Zach Pirock and Ryan Kelly. If you've seen, if you have not seen the Wildcats 30 for 30, please check that out. Kyle did an amazing job on that, and it's a great story. And built a great team, found some great guys, and was able to win a championship. So can't fault him for that at all. And 
he's found his way into the one spot. And now he's got Nick Saylor and Michael Aguilar to join his three, his uh, two other teammates, their, their band of three. So we'll see with the new with the new rule change of three innings where you need like a two pitcher. We'll see if he can continue to cash in on players and finding great players. So, so once again, just to reiterate that list, five, Drew Davis, four, Tommy Coughlin, three, Jack Agner, two, Alec Warda, and one, Kyle Schultz. So that is a list segment. Please, if you like that, let me know. Leave a comment. Uh, just tell me what, what you think. And maybe give me some topics for the next list. Now, we will move on to the final part of this. My power rankings. Actually, this might not be the final part. But the next part of this podcast, my power rankings. And they're basically exactly the same this week. Um, so... We're going to start 8, move up to 1. We'll see how this goes at the 8 spot. The Great Lakes Gators hold the hold the 8 spot. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Still haven't seen them play this year, so maybe this changes. But for now, they're holding the 8 spot. I think the next series we see could be if I if the uh, schedule is right, it could be uh, Gators and the Wildcats. So, otherwise, it might be Cobras and Diamondbacks, depending on where everyone's at. So, at eight, Gator Lakes Gators. Moving into the seventh spot, seventh spot, I have the Downtown Diamondbacks. Both teams say the exact same this week. Still haven't seen the Diamondbacks play. Hopefully, we can see them next week against the Cobras. Fingers crossed we can see that matchup because that that's something I want to see. Uh, until we see them, I won't know where I guess to, to really move them, but that's where we're at right now. Moving to the sixth position. I'm going to have to put the Western Wildcats there. If I remember from last week, they've moved down a spot in the power rankings. And it's mostly just because we haven't seen them play. So, once we see them play, I can get a better understanding and feel for for where they should be put. But as of now, that's where I've got them. Then moving into the five spot, I have the Metro Magic. The Metro Magic looked very nice with their new rookie, Jack Agner. I think he's going to put the pieces together. So... They're at my five spot for now. I don't know if they'll be able to hold it though, because we still have we have to see what the Wildcats, Diamondbacks, and Gators can all bring to the table. So they'll be chasing them. And once again, just just please keep in mind this is just my opinion. This is nothing that this is nothing that's factual. This is just my opinion. This isn't coming from MLW. This isn't coming. From the MLW analyst, this is just my, this is just what I think, alright? My brain's talking right now. In the four spot, we have the Midwest Mallards. Now, we just saw the Metro Magic and Mallards play. 
and I have the Mavs in front. They did take two games from out of out of the three. So I think they're in the right spot for now at the four spot. And I guess until we can see more from them, from the Magic, and from teams like the Cobras, Eagles, and Predators, who I all have in front of them, that's when I think I can get still, once again, a better handle on these teams. In the three spot, we have, once again, the Eastern Eagles. Eagles looked nice against the Predators, not great. So... Gotta put them at three. They're better. I think they could they could take two, maybe three from the Mallards team. I think they definitely have a better two pitcher than the Mallards. So I have them at the three spot ahead of the Mallards. And then at the two spot, I have the Coastal Cobras. Still haven't seen the Cobras play, but I think from what my brain is telling me, I think that they have a very good chance of going going to a World Series. And right now they're my two they're my two team. And then, of course, that means that at the one spot, we have the Predators still. And that's mainly because I haven't seen a team that's better than them yet. So until we can prove that the Eagles, the Mallards, or the Cobras are better than the Predators, they'll be staying there for a long time. So I want to introduce one last thing before I leave the podcast, before we end here. It's called Hot Take. And just something new again, freshen it up. Gotta keep the, gotta keep the cup, gotta keep the pod fresh. You know what I mean? And last week, I guess you could say my hot take was that the Eagles are the most overrated, overrated team in the league. So now let's throw out another one. Well, I've got a, I got a few in mind, but maybe we'll talk about two this week. But the first one that I definitely want to get to is that Jack Agner is the most hype player in MLW. That this guy, this guy cares so much. This guy cares a ton. I mean, I look at, right away, I look at a play where there was a fly ball, he bobbled it. Couldn't quite get the out at first. And just instantly comes up and he's punching the air and he's he's saying, dang it, man, I wish I could have got that. So that right there is something that in sports, personally for me, anyone that's going to care, that's just going to go super, going to try as best they can every game, they got my vote. And Jack Agner is the guy that's going to come out every game swinging. He's got my vote. So I think that Jack Agner could be one of, if not the most hyped players, most passionate players in MLW. Next week's list might have to be most passionate. So, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And, because we still have time, still got about five minutes, sitting at exactly five minutes, I'm going to talk about another one, and I'm going to say that the Mallards are the sleeper pick to win a World Series. Yes, I said it. Now, this one's probably going to be a little more of a hot take than the last one. So, why, why do I say this? Why am I saying this? Well, I think right away, if you look at Tommy Coughlin, I mean, he's a beast, man. Tommy Coughlin's an absolute beast. He can pitch, he can hit. He's epitome of well-rounded. I think you could definitely call him the silent assassin. 
I think that would be a would be a smart nickname for Tommy. He's not very flashy. You're not going to notice him completely, but he'll come on the mound. He'll throw a slider, throw throw a drop ball, and you'll say, "Wow, that guy! That guy's got some. He's got some moves." So I definitely think that he could has the potential to be a World Series winner again. Noah Dabrico, I look at him. This dude is a hitter. He, he can he he hits. That's all he does. He hits. And and play defense, of course. But that's all he does. He hits and he plays defense. And he does both those things really, really well. So he's just the perfect complement to to Tommy. Where Tommy's gonna pitch and get on base with base hits, you're gonna see you're gonna see Noah in the field making plays. Helping his pitcher out, while then, when he's at the plate, he's going to be hitting bombs, bringing in the runners that are on base. So we, they're just they're perfect complements for each other, right there. And then, of course, Johnny Bean, a guy who I think has the power to to hit home runs, especially on a place like Colts Field, and but also has has the the on base percentage to just get on base to just simply. Simply swing the bat, get a single, get a double. So, just another guy to, to that's deadly on this team. I think Steve McPeak, then, again, a guy that's going to get on base and play defense for you. So, they've honestly just got this mixture of, of defense and hitting that I think is elite in this league and something that most teams don't have. Some teams are too top-heavy with offense, and some teams are too top-heavy with defense. But I think, I think the Mallards have just find a really good mix of that. Well, now you say, okay, okay, we know that they're good, but now, but what their their competition is the Eagles, and I think personally, I think that's that's the only competition that they'll have in the NL. They're better than the Gators. They're better than the Diamondbacks. That I don't need to say that. You guys know that. And I think the Eagles, it's doable. Is it? Can can they do it? Yes. Will they? I think they can. So, if it, if the World Series started right now, and we just had to vote on who would come, who would make a World Series, I think the Mallards, I think the Mallards could realistically do it, but I don't think they'd get the respect. I think they're very slept on. So, and then you talk about okay, well then they got to get through the Eagles, of course. Eagles are a top three team easily. You look at the American League; they're gonna have to. They're inevitably, they're inevitably gonna have to play either the Predators or the Cobras. So, can they beat those teams? Personally, I think they could beat both of them. A team like the Predators, who has a lot of offense, I think they can beat. They, I think they can. Tommy can shut them down on the mound, and you got Noah and Steve in the outfield making plays. I don't think I think they can slow him down offens- offensively. Maybe not stop him completely, but they can slow him down for sure. And then when it comes to the offense, so far, Ryan Cratch, he's he's a top two pitcher, top three. He's definitely top three, maybe even the number one pitcher in the league. So now, can they hit off him? And I think with a veteran like Tommy Coughlin, absolutely he can hit off him. A veteran and a good hitter like Noah Dabrico? Absolutely. Johnny Bean, could he hit off him? 
I think he'd have a lot more trouble than the other two guys I just named. But he would get a few hits. Steve McPeak, he's been he's about he's been around the league. I can see him doing it easily. What about the Cobras? Could they could they beat the Cobras? Because there's a chance that they could see the Cobras in the World Series, and I think that once again they could do it. Drew Davis, Tommy Coughlin could stop Drew Davis. I mean, he, he can strike Drew Davis out. Same thing with Sean Flynn, Andy Duran, Brandon Schultz, Zerlake. I mean, Tommy Coughlin's not going to have any problem with any of those guys at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Sean, Drew, Andy, I'm not saying those guys are just bad hitters. I'm saying that Tommy Coughlin is an elite pitcher. And when they do get hits, it's going to be singles. Because that team in the outfield, I'll say it again, is consistent. And they're good. And then when it comes to hitting, Drew Davis, man, another top top five at least. Maybe higher. Top five at least pitcher in the league. How are they going to get hits off him? Well, Tommy Cogden, better in the league once again. Same thing with Noah Dabrico. So, I just don't, I just don't see why not. Why wouldn't they win a World Series? I think they can beat these guys. Now, the only thing that's going to hold them back is a two pitcher. With Tommy having to only go two games, you're going to have to bring in a three pitcher. I mean, excuse me, a two pitcher. But who is that going to be? I don't think it's going to be Dabrico. Bonham could be the guy, but he's going to need a little work. I think McPeak isn't going to be your guy. I think Bean could be your guy. I think with a little, he's a little rough around the edges, but I think he could work. Tell me if you listen to this. Call me, text me, something. Tell me what you're going to do. Hit me up on Instagram. Find me something. Tell me what you're going to do. Give me some insider information and I can leak out here, man. So, I that's my hot take. They are the sleeper pick to win a World Series. Well, we're hitting, what are we hitting? We're hitting 32 minutes on the pod today. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining me. Please consider subscribing, commenting, liking, whatever you need to do. Show me some love, please. So then I know that you guys want to continue to hear these. Uh, I just want to say thank you again for listening. And I will see you again next week. We could see where one of two matchups will be played. It'll either be the Cobras Diamondbacks or Gators Wildcats. I'll give you my predictions now. I think... If it's Cobra's Diamond Pack, Di- Diamondbacks, I think Cobra's takes three from the Diamondbacks. And if it's Gators, uh, Wildcats, actually, I think it will definitely be, I think it will almost certainly be Cobra's D- Diamondbacks. So I think that Cobra's will take three from the Diamondbacks next week. That's my prediction. Tell me yours in the comments. Thank you all for joining me once again. And I will see you on the Diamond.